0: got this piece of paper because I have a name written on it and I cannot remember it. Joseph Devoster. Can you say that? Joseph Devoster. And this gospel text for tonight begins with the words Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. I said before, remember that. If you go to the gospel of Luke, you'll find that at the ninth chapter, I believe it is, it says this, When the time came near for him to be delivered up, he set his face to Jerusalem. Of course, that's talking about Jesus. And when the time came near to deliver him is talking about his ultimate imprisonment, his beatings, and finally his death on the cross. And that time came, and it came, as I'm sure we've mentioned before, according to God's plan, I may have mentioned Galatians chapter 4, but there's an interesting passage there where St. Paul says this, when the time had fully come. You know, I'm not a big Greek scholar like Pastor Seaman, but I know that there are two words in the Greek language for the word time. One of them is the word which we recognize as kairos, and the other one is Chronos. Kairos is that nice word, which describes a situation where everything is just right. It doesn't have so much to do with the ticking of a clock as it does everything is ready for whatever we're planning to do. That's Kairotic time. Chronos, on the other hand is like a chronographer. You have one. It's like a clock that ticks, tick, tick, tick. And it is amazing that Paul used that word instead of kairos when he was talking about when the time had fully come. This plan to bring Jesus into the world for the salvation of all people was not just some side thought. It was in the heart of God since the very beginning, before the foundations of this world were laid. I probably talked about that already too. But it's just amazing. And Jesus knows my time is getting near. And he's heading to Jerusalem. He has to be in Jerusalem because that's where he's going to be crucified. So he heads on and many things happen, of course. And when you read Luke chapter 9 to the end, you see that Jesus does wonderful things along the way. And one of them is recorded in the 17th chapter of Luke. When he's on his way, he passes through, it says, the territories of Galilee and Samaria. Uh, Samaria, you know, was kind of a forbidden place for Jews. But Jesus went through there anyway on his way. <laughs> you can't help but think Jesus knows everything. According to his divine nature, he knows he's going to get stopped there. But by his human nature, I'll say he didn't. So he's going along in his human nature. And all of a sudden, he's affronted by these the, these very brash and, and brazen lepers. And you can't get any worse than that, especially in those days. Have you ever heard that phrase, leprosy of sin? You know, I don't think that's biblical. I mean, I don't think that phrase is in the Bible at all, but it's a phrase that was, you know, adopted through the years by people that think leprosy is like sin. Once you got it, you're in bad, bad trouble. But leprosy was like having a cloud of sin over you. I'm sure you know that the people who were lepers had to be isolated. They couldn't mess with anybody else. And, but it put a terrible burden on the lepers. And don't you wonder why it is that when those lepers saw Jesus, they cried out to him, have mercy on us. They knew about Jesus. And that's recorded in the earlier chapters of Luke, as well as in other Gospels. So they were filled with hope. Here comes our one and only hope. And of course, Jesus stopped. What do you want me to do? You know. And of course, Jesus knew exactly what they wanted. It would be stupid not to want that from Jesus. But the fact that they knew that Jesus had the power to heal them is just remarkable. And they held on to that faith and said, please have mercy on us. You know, those words have mercy on us are familiar to some of you in the old Lutheran hymnal when we had the liturgy. The Latin names of the liturgical parts of the liturgy were up there. And when you came to Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, it's Kyrie eleison, that's what it's called. Lord have mercy. And those are the words that they spoke. Here ison, have mercy. So Jesus should have called them up one by one. Okay, number one, your letter, your name starts with an A. come up here, you're first. Kneel. But he didn't. In fact, when you read it, it's kind of interesting. He doesn't heal them. He just says, "Go show yourselves to the priest. And so these lepers believing him and that's miraculous they start running toward jerusalem and the priest they have to do that to fulfill the old testament ritual cleansing laws and so they take off and and while they are running to jerusalem not when they started but while they are running they're healed can you imagine that if you were a leper And you're running down the street and suddenly you look at all the scars on your legs gone. You say, what in the world is going on here? And then they realize the gracious work of Jesus is taking effect. And their bodies are being cleansed from that disease that will kill them ultimately. And then one of them stops. You wonder why the other nine, do you think they were grateful? I think they probably were. How could they not be? But they just got too excited about it. But the one guy stopped and he said, oh, my goodness. And He runs back to Jesus and he kneels before him and he says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus looks at him tenderly, loves this guy. And he says to him, well, weren't there 10 cleansed? Of course, there were Jesus. Where are the other nine? Well, the answer is not given to us, obviously. The nine went to show themselves to the priest. I'm sure they did. And I'm sure that Jesus did not withhold his healing from them because they were not very smart. So they were released back in the society and went their way. Who knows what happened to them? Don't you wonder about that sometime? People like that. Don't you wonder maybe if some of them ended up watching what Jesus did after that? Maybe even went to Jerusalem. Maybe they were even there when he was taken to the cross. I like to think that they had a relationship with Jesus, but whatever. The one is healed. And that's, that's the gospel lesson for Thanksgiving. And obviously the point is clear. We are to give thanks to God for all that he has given us. You know, leprosy is a terrible disease. It's also called Hansen's disease. And we don't have it anymore in our country. In fact, it's curable now. It wasn't curable just because we didn't have the medication, but now we do, and it's curable. You take a pill, it goes away. It's like psoriasis, I guess. But at any rate, leprosy is not the physical problem that it used to be, but oh, did it used to be terrible. Have any of you ever heard of Joseph De Vester? I hope not, because if you did, you'll ruin my whole sermon. But Joseph De Vester was a pious Roman Catholic, would be priest. He grew up in Belgium. And he wanted to serve the Lord, but he had a real problem physically. He had tuberculosis, which was a very bad disease in those days, as it is now. So he went and finally became, you know, a, a, a man that was in the seminary, let's say. He wanted to be a pastor or a priest. And I guess he finally graduated and was ordained a priest somewhere along the line. But in 1866 right after the Civil War, right? In 1866, this man, Joseph, now named Damien, and that may ring a bell, Father Damien. He's very famous. He's famous because in 1866, when he was just a young priest who was suffering, by the way, from tuberculosis, he gave himself up to go and serve lepers. and where did he go? To Hawaii. How many of you have been to Hawaii? Yeah. Molokai? Well, it's one of the islands. On the northeastern shore of Molokai, there's a little village or whatever called Kala Pupa, I think it is. I don't have that name quite right, but it's Kala something. And in 18... 18- 49 or 50 or so, the Hawaiian king proclaimed that that strip of land, which is utterly beautiful, would be set aside for lepers. Why do you do that? Because Hawaii was being hit by leprosy, which had come over from Europe, I guess. And there was no medicine. And if you got leprosy, that was it. You'd probably just finally die of it one day, just eat you apart. So the king of Hawaii, he put all of the lepers in his country in Hawaii on that strip of land in Molokai Island, and that became a leper colony. And Father Damien knew about it, and he decided to go there and live out his life serving the best he could, the lepers, on that small piece of ground. In 1889, he died of leprosy. He was a hero of the faith. A Young man born in Belgium, by the way, but he was interred where he died. And there was a mausoleum set up and so forth. And then in the 1950s, 30s, 40s, 50s, somewhere in there, the king of Belgium, who had heard the story of one of his citizens, was so moved they had his body moved back to Belgium, where there is a place now where he is venerated as a saint. His right hand was kept in Hawaii and is buried in his original grave there. And that's Father Damien, who gave his life for the lepers. Well, we don't have leprosy. <laughs> My dad thought he did. Your first pastor. He had psoriasis on his elbows and his knees. And my mother would get after him. She would say, put some Vaseline on it. Cover it up. My dad said, nah, don't worry about it, Florence. (laughs) It's just a slight case of leprosy. (laughs) But it doesn't exist anymore in our country. And if it does, you take a pill. It's gone how God has been so gracious to us in so many ways. Another reason to thank him for all of the medication and the medical help that we have in these days that we didn't have years ago. Well, what's the point of all this? I said before that leprosy of sin is not a biblical term. But despite that fact, many people refer to sin as leprosy. And it's kind of an apt comparison because the sin that we do comes from an inner state. And so the boils and sores of leprosy come from something on the inside. But we have something better than Father Damien. We have Jesus, the Son of God, who came into our world and said, I got to help these people. And he did it when he healed the 10 lepers for sure, but he still does it. And if you've got something bothering you on the inside, your so-called secret sin or whatever it is, know that God is totally aware of that and you can't escape it. You hide it from others, but you can't escape it. And God in Jesus has covered it for you. And he looks you in the eye, in your heart, and he says, go and sin no more. I heal you. I give you wholeness of life. I give you good spiritual health. And you will always be with me forever and ever. Uh, I guess that's a good reason to be thankful. You just don't have to worry about that old stuff anymore. You know, when you're really hard on yourself, and I think we all are sometimes, you begin to feel kind of bad about maybe things you should have done or didn't do, and you scold yourself, but there's no going back. Maybe somehow tragically in your life you've had a terrible effect on somebody else's life. Maybe you've ruined it for them. Not necessarily because you wanted to, but so you got all these problems in life. And don't you wonder, like we talked last week, when you stand before the throne of God, will Jesus look at you and say, you're nothing but a leper. Get out of here. That's not what Jesus does. He heals. He says, ah, you're clean as a whistle. Don't sweat it. And that's reason for us to be thankful today. So you can finish this sermon any way you want. But I think it's something to ponder. Be thankful, dear friends, in Christ. And as we say, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.